Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We are studying six of the most impacting statements that Jesus made that are recorded for us in the Gospels. And again, it's, it's, it's very important for us at this time in the history of the church, okay, for us to corporately, all of us together, make sure that we're keeping our eyes on Jesus. Because there's plenty of opportunities to get our eyes off of him. Yeah? All right. So, so many throughout the ages have tried to find peace. They've tried to find the meaning of life without looking to him. But Jesus told the religious people of his day that trying to look for life without him was a complete waste of time. How many of you are tired of wasting time in life? How many of you want to finish strong? Yeah, well, in order for us to finish strong, we've got to keep our eyes on the word. Keep our eyes not only on the word made flesh, but to keep our eyes on the written word that's revealed to us. John chapter 5, verse 39, Jesus said to the religious people, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. That's a powerful statement. He said, he said to the religious people, you, you study and you study and you go from this place to that place and you make pilgrimages here to there and you do all kinds of stuff, but you're not understanding that life is only found in me, Jesus said. Amen. So let him be the focus of your search. Right. Amen. Amen. Jesus is life. Uh, he is life. And last week we studied John 14, 6, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, this weekend, we're going into the second part. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find, say this with me, ready, one, two, three, rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The words of Jesus Christ, Jesus, the Messiah, our Savior. And just, just reading this, you can sense the heaviness and the pressures of life. Everyday life has stress. Anybody find that out yet? <laughs> Is anybody in here? Let me see. Let me see. Anybody here? Have you experienced at home? Have you experienced stress in life? If you live long enough. I think as soon as we come out of the womb, we're experiencing stress. When that doctor slaps us, we're like, what are you doing? I'm hungry. My diaper's dirty. Stress. And it doesn't get any easier from there. So, the constant routine, day in and day out of trying to get ahead, the daily burden of getting up early, go to work, come home, throw down some kind of a meal, jump back in bed, get up the next day, only to start the whole routine all over again. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so, so you, you, at some point, your soul starts to cry out. There's got to be more. There's got to be more to this life. There's got to be more to this, just this, like being a gerbil in this cage, just constantly spinning our wheels and not getting anywhere. And he said, come unto me. Those of you that are, that are, that are stressed, rest and peace and calm 
Jesus said is found in me, in him. And it's no wonder because one of his titles in Hebrew is Sar Shalom, Prince of Peace. Prince, the overseer, the administrator of peace, of shalom, of wholeness, completeness. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, in the message translation says it this way. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take the real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it, Jesus said. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy on you or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Think about that. Think about what it must have been like to walk with him. To, to be there on the earth with him. Well, you know, everybody else is getting stressed out. He's just the rhythm of grace, just going from one thing to the next, flowing, hearing from God, hearing from the Holy Spirit, understanding on the inside what he wanted to do when he was at the pool of Bethesda. He knew, hey, this guy here, I'm supposed to focus on him, concentrate on him. He didn't get stressed out. Yeah, it says there was a multitude in that place of sick people. But he was attracted to and he was drawn to that one particular individual. No stress. And that man received his healing that day. Amen. Really, we have to say this with all of our hearts. That peace, stability, freedom, calm, contentment only comes from his presence. But the key word, the key phrase, come unto me. He doesn't force anyone. He just draws you. He makes the offer. Come to me. You feel crushed. You feel weighed down. Come to me. Now, now imagine what, what the disciples thought when they heard him say this. You know, Matthew must have been thinking, my life is one tough day after another. I got the Romans breathing down my neck to collect as much tax as possible. Then I have to contend with the hatred and the death threats from everybody else in this town who despised him because he's the tax collector. He's the one who's got to put the squeeze on them. And if he doesn't, he's got Rome to answer to. So imagine the tug of war that Matthew was in. And then Jesus comes and says, leave everything and follow me. You could hear him saying, the best day of my life was when I walked away from it all to follow Jesus. Come unto me. Those that are burdened down, those that are crushed, those that are weighed down. And I'll give you rest for you what? Souls. That's what we're looking for. That's what every human being on earth right now is looking for. Rest in our souls. Imagine Peter. Must have remembered when he was hearing this. He must have remembered the first time he met Jesus. He knew what it was like to try to earn a living out in the Sea of Galilee. And that particular day, that particular morning, he had been out fishing all night, caught nothing. How was he going to feed his family? How were they going to pay their debts? And in the morning, if the pressure hadn't been enough of being out all night long and not catching anything, then this guy shows up and tells him, go back out again. Go out for a catch. And Peter's thinking, catch? I've been out all night and it was nothing to catch. But then he says, nevertheless, at your word, we'll throw him out. We'll throw out the net. Jesus told him to throw out the nets. Amen. Plural. Peter's about to learn a great lesson and he must have been remembering this when he heard Jesus say, come unto me all those of you that are burdened down. All those of you that are heavy laden. He must have remembered that morning. Like, I gotta go home now and I gotta face my mother-in-law 
Because you remember, his mother-in-law lived in the house with him. Jesus went there and healed her. So not only has he got his wife on his back because he didn't catch anything, now he's going to listen to her too. So the memories that must have flooded back when he heard Jesus say, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He must have been thinking, yeah, that was me. I remember being exhausted. I remember being frustrated. But in a moment of time, Jesus turned the whole thing around. The largest catch he had ever had in his career as a fisherman took place that day. Amazing. And maybe, maybe those memories were still with him. The time he met Jesus for the first time. They must have burned bright in his mind many decades later when he finally wrote these truths to the church. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen to verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied. Grace and peace be what? Multiplied, multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, through, the, through what? Through the exceedingly great and precious promises that you may be partakers of the divine Nature. Do you realize what promise this? Do you realize the scope of what God, the Holy Ghost, is saying through Peter? He's saying through the knowledge of God, we literally become partakers of his divine nature. Amen. Don't you ever walk around saying, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just a, just a sad old human. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm just a weak old worm in the dust. I'm just an old sinner. I'm just, I'm just, we're just human. I can't, you know, I can't change things. This is just the way life is. That's a lie. You are, you are totally contradicting what the scriptures say. Peter just said that through the knowledge of God, Jesus said, come unto me, learn of me. He said through the knowledge of God, we literally become partakers of his divine nature. Of his, are you getting this? Of his divine nature. You want to talk about having rest for your souls? When you start understanding and grasping the reality and you begin to speak what the word says, that you're not just another human being. You're not just a, just a human person, just weak, you know, just weak. And I'm just, you know, I'm going to fall. I'm going to sin. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have fear. Shut up. Amen. You partake of the divine nature of God through the knowledge of him. So that tells me this, the more I know of God and the more I know him and the closer I get to him and the more that I experience a relationship with him, then the more and more and more his divine nature is gonna be displayed from me. So that's why when I lay hands on the sick, they're gonna recover. Why? Because it's a person, it's not a human hand, it is a person that is partaking of God's divine nature that is releasing God's divine nature. Are you listening? Yes. Okay. I hope you're getting this. He said, we have these precious, these exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, through these promises, we may be partakers of divine nature. Watch this now. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, through, through ungodly desires. 
through greediness, through covetousness, through envy, through all these other ungodly characteristics that can still creep up on the inside of us if we're not careful. And if there's anything that'll wear out your soul, it's when you realize, I messed up again. I messed up again. I wanted to do right, I did wrong. When you realize that, you're, that because you're entertaining this thought, that you're, you're not a supernatural being. You are a partaker of his divine nature. And the more that you understand that, and the more that you speak that and confess that and keep yourself aware of that, the more the people around you who are in desperate need of God are going to be influenced and be touched and be impacted by the divine nature that you're partaking of. Let me ask you this question. You that are sitting here, you that are home, do you have any people in your life that really need to be touched by God? Do you think they deserve to be exposed to that? Absolutely. Where do you think it's going to come from? He's not going to send an angel. He's going to send you. And you can be a partaker of his divine nature. Of everything that they need on the inside of them, you have. I'm going to keep preaching. You guys jump in whenever you feel like it. Peter understood from his own personal experience that the only way to experience God's grace and peace is through the knowledge of God. Jesus, again, he said, come unto me. Why? Because he's the source of grace. John chapter 1, Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 17. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through who? Jesus Christ. That knowledge was revealed in the person to the disciples is now revealed to us through the written word. He went on to say, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And the promise there is this, that you will find rest for your souls. Jesus said, learn from me. Learn from me. We can learn from him. He he came here to be not only the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He didn't just come to the earth in order for us to have a sacrifice that God would receive in heaven because of our sins. He came here to reveal the Father. He spent most of his time revealing the Father. If you think about the whole scope of Jesus' ministry, he spent very little time being the Lamb of God on the cross. He spent a whole lot of time teaching, teaching, teaching. I mean, from the youngest of age, 12 years old, his parents couldn't find him. After three days, They find them where? In the temple. What's he doing? Teaching. Teaching At 12 years old. Teaching. He came to reveal the Father. He said, come and learn of me. Do you think we can learn a couple things from him? Just a couple, right? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Jesus said he was brought to this earth. The word became flesh, John said, and dwelt among us. So you can see it in his life. He reveals the Father. On earth, he was the master teacher. You remember when Mary came to the tomb on on Resurrection Sunday morning. She saw this figure, and when she realized who he was, she called him Rabboni, which means spiritual. It's a a term of respect for a spiritual, a respected, highly uh, sought-after spiritual teacher when he saw when she saw him outside that 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 tomb she addressed him by who she knew him to be 
at that point in life. But very soon she's about to find out that he is the risen son of God, declared to be the son of God through the resurrection. He didn't stop teaching after he ascended into heaven. He introduced the Holy Spirit as a teacher who was continuing Jesus' role on the earth right now of teacher. You remember the very first time Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit, he introduced him as the teacher. So we should, we should be looking to him. Why? Because we want to find rest for our souls. I don't know that anybody loves to live in stress. I don't know that anybody loves to have uh, anxiety attacks and panic attacks and, and just fright constantly on your life. And the, the thing that brings fear to us is the unknown. The things that are unknown, the things that we're going to face in the future, the things right now that you might be experiencing that are causing you worry and concern. He says, come to me. Learn from me. Learn what? Learn how to deal with life. Learn how to navigate through life. Learn how to walk through the storms of life, but have calm and have peace and have stability. You're not going to learn in any other way. It's not going to happen because you start thinking good thoughts. I love when I see people post stuff on Facebook. I'm going to get in trouble. Sending positive thoughts. The heck with your positive. I don't need your positive. I need the name of Jesus. I don't need positive thoughts. Positive thoughts don't do nothing. They don't do anything. I need you to pray. When I got a problem, I'm facing a crisis in my life. I don't really care whether you think positive or negative. What I need you to do is pray in the name of Jesus. That's going to bring me rest from my soul. Amen? Amen? So, Peter says his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Pertaining to life. What he's saying is, whatever you need for everyday life is available through the knowledge of him. Amen. Take my yoke. Learn from me. For I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest. What is a yoke? He's not talking about the orange part of the ache. You know what, because we live in a, in a very non-agricultural society, we don't really, I mean, I doubt very much if anybody has one of these in the garage. But what he's talking about is, is a piece of equipment that would join two animals together, uh, usually two beasts of burdens, uh, oxen, mules. Uh, in Southeast Asia, you see water buffalo being used as you plow out the, the, the uh, rice paddies and things of this nature. Okay, sometimes you see those commercials during the Super Bowl where they got the big Clydesdale horses. They got them all joined together. Why? Because they're trying to yoke together to multiply the strength of those animals to accomplish something. Amen? Amen. So that's the picture. That's, he's asking, yoke yourself together with me. Jesus at this point is referring to this practice. Is what you would do if you were smart, okay? You take a trained Animal. Let's say you have an ox and he's trained. He's been with you for years. You know, he responds to you and he's strong. And now, now, now you've got to prepare for the future because that one's not going to last forever. So now you go and buy yourself a younger ox that's maybe not trained yet. And so what are you going to do? You're going to take that younger ox and you're going to yoke them up together with the stronger ox so that the stronger ox knows, trains the younger one so that he's ready for the future. That's the picture that Jesus is painting here. He said, come on, hook up with me. Connect to me. Come and learn from me. Watch me. I'll walk you through this. You see that that's how Jesus prepared the disciples for future ministry. You look at Jesus in the Gospels and you see in the very beginning, 
He does everything, and the disciples watch. Yes or no? Yes. Okay, at the, at the wedding of Canaan, first miracle. What's he do? Disciples are there. They're hanging out. They're eating hors d'oeuvres. They're waiting for the wedding cake. Jesus is over there, and, and what does he do? He turns the water into wine. You notice they're not involved in this? Okay, but then as you go along now, they get to the miracle now. They get to this place where they got 15,000 people, and there's no 7-Eleven around. There's no Grubhub to call. Okay? They're going to starve. And what's he do? He tells them, you feed them. And they're like, how are we going to feed them? Well, we got is a couple loaves of bread here and a few fish. And he says, bring them. And he blesses it, but who distributed the food? The disciples. So now at this point, he's allowing them to participate. You catching this? Yes. What did he say? Yoke yourself with me. Connect yourself with me. Learn from me. Watch how I do this. So that later on, Jesus could take the entire ministry and turn it over to them. And now you got Peter and John outside the gate of the temple. And there's a cripple there. And now because they've watched their master, they watched Jesus, they yoked themselves with him. They've learned how to do this. So what do they do? Jesus is not around. Jesus is ascended into heaven. But when they see this guy, what do they say? In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And guess what? The guy did. Guess who the most surprised people were that day? Peter and John. It worked. So, so yeah, life is rough right now. And life is tough right now. And it can be very stressful. But if we'll hook up with him, if we'll allow him to teach us and allow the Holy Spirit to teach us through the word, we can navigate through this life and all of its difficulties and not lose our minds and not be having a breakdown and not have to go through life completely poverty stricken, worried about where the next loaf of bread is going to come from. That's not the will of God. But he said, we should hook ourselves up with him. It just so reminds me, when I, when I was studying for this, it just so reminded me, when I hear Jesus say, come and yoke, come and yoke yourself with me. My yoke is, is light, my burden is easy. I'm thinking, I, I, I immediately went to, in my head, I immediately went to Romans chapter 8, verse 26. This scripture has been so alive to me in these past seven or eight months, okay? Likewise, the Spirit also, say this word with me, nice and loud. You didn't say it nice and loud. Say it again. Likewise. Wait, wait. Let me get there. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. This is that principle. The word help there. Even though it's in English, it's a very small word. In Greek, it's a very long word. It's a Greek word, soon antilambeno, and this is what it means. When it says that the Holy Spirit wants to help us, it's saying this in the original language, this is what it says, that the Holy Spirit comes alongside us to take hold together with us against. You think life would be easy if you were made aware of the fact that you don't have to do it alone, that you got the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of God who hovered over all that chaos in Genesis chapter 1, waiting to hear, let there be light, waiting to hear, and he moved on those waters, and he'll move on the chaos in your life if you will speak the word, if you will say, come on, Holy Spirit, I need your help. I can't do this alone. This is too much for me. It's too burdensome. It's, I'm too anxious. Uh, this is, I'm, I, I need your help come now holy spirit rise up within me because he's inside you 
I said he's inside you. How many of you know he's inside you? So, so you can say, okay, okay, Holy Spirit, rise up within me and let's go. Let's go after this thing together. And guess what? He does. He begins to speak scriptures to you. He begins to show you how to pray. He begins to pray through you. Are you listening? Man, it's so good. We find rest for our souls and we realize that we're not carrying the burdens and pressures of life alone. He's with us. You remember over and over and over again what you hear in the scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That promise is very real. His presence is with us. There are some times if you'll quiet yourself, there's some times if you'll you just, get, just get away from the things of life. If they say, yeah, but you don't understand how much I got going on. Hey, it's gonna go on whether you're there or not. So put it aside, put it aside. Honestly, if you put it aside, you'll come back and find out that while you were focusing on God, he was taking care of your situation. Amen. Listen, that means in the worst of times as well as in the best of times, because life is a combination of both. The Holy Spirit will take hold together with us against. Let's make sure that we never follow the pattern of Adam and Eve. Because in their worst moment, they ran away from God. And they allowed the enemy's lies to cause them to see God in the wrong light. He's for us. He's not against us. He is already aware of the very worst that we're capable of. And he still committed his love towards us. So, so let's do what Jesus said. He said, come unto me, all of you that are weary, that are, all of you who labor, all of you who are striving, all of you who are trying to get to some place and you think the pot of gold is still at the end of the rainbow. It's not. Everything you need is in Christ. Everything, and he said, I'll supply all your needs if you will let him. Now, don't just think about monetary things. What about the needs that you have on the inside? What about the needs that will bring you emotional peace? What about the rest for your soul? There's no amount of money that can do that. It's his presence that does it. Romans chapter eight. I want to wrap this up. Romans chapter eight, verse 38. The apostle Paul who went through so much in his life and learned how to yoke himself up with Jesus, who learned how to depend on him, who learned from Jesus. This is what he had to say. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me read that again to you from the Passion Translation. So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, over life's problems, fallen angels, dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that could weaken this love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. Man, that's a mouthful. You can just feel the relief when you read that scripture. 
You just, you just feel the relief. As much as you can feel the pressure when we, when, when we read Matthew chapter 11, you feel the pressures of life. You're, you're remembering the pressures of life until you get to that part where it says you'll find rest for your souls. When you read this scripture in Romans chapter 8 and you say it out loud, there's something about speaking the scriptures out loud. There's something about when you read the Bible, read it out loud. Just get, get away by yourself if you can. If not, just tell somebody, I'm not talking to myself. Well, I am talking to myself. There's something about speaking the word. There's something about when our ears hear our mouth saying what God says that brings rest for our souls. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Let me wrap this up by going back to where we started. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. When we're in rest mode, listen, this is extremely important, because when we're in rest mode, we make better life decisions. When we're in rest mode, listen to me, we treat others with love, and we represent Jesus in the light that he deserves. Then the loss will want to know him. Many years ago when we were in the, in the middle of the battle of financial, complete financial breakdown, forced to go into bankruptcy, forced to walk away from everything we had worked for for decades, people would say to me, how are you doing? I said, as weird as it is, I feel peace. As strange as that seems, I used to wonder myself, am I, am I losing it? Because right now I should be completely frantic. I've got a wife, I've got four kids who like to eat. I should be flipping out right now. But I had learned that. I had learned already by this point to take everything and bring it to him. To take all the pressures. To take all of the anxiety to take all the unknowns. How are we going to live? What are we going to drive? Where am I going to work? Where are we gonna, where, what are we going to sleep on? What are, what are we going to eat? All those things would come and bombard your mind. And then I would say, wait a second. God knew this was coming. You may be facing something right now that you think, man, this is going to take me out. But listen to me. Just take a step back. I'd say, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. This might have taken me by surprise, but it didn't take him by surprise. He knew this was coming. Then all of a sudden, the peace of God comes. You find what? Rest for your soul. And then you start making better decisions. You start treating the people around you better. Why? Because you're not responding out of frustration. You're walking in peace. Amen. Why? Because you yoked yourself up with him. Amen. You getting this? Yes. But notice this. It all starts with three words. Come to me. And that choice is yours. That choice is mine. 
and as all-powerful as God Almighty is, he will not overrule your will. The choice has to be yours. The choice to come to him or the choice to reject him. He has placed that inside of us. He gave us that choice. So the choice is yours. You can choose to live the rest of your life in anxiety, the rest of your life in regret, the rest of your life stressed, or you can choose to come to him and let him take over and let him show you how to do it and have the presence of the Holy Spirit inside you that no matter what problem you come up against, no matter what health issue, no matter what financial issue, no matter what marital issue, no matter what you face in life, no matter what tries to come against you, you know this, I'm not alone. Amen. He's with me. Amen. Now listen, I'm going to pray in a moment. But before we do that, if there's anybody here, or if there's anybody watching, you have never come to him. Well, I know about you. Yeah, it's one thing to know about Jesus. It's another thing to come to him. Well, you know, yeah, you know, I, I, I go to church. It's another thing. It's one thing to go to church. It's another thing to surrender to him. It's a completely different thing. Well, you know, I, I'm spiritual. It's one thing to be spiritual in your mind. It's another thing for have your spirit come to life Amen. and be connected, be connected to God Almighty. Are you listening to me? Yes. So listen, we're going to make this real simple. I want you to do something. And for some of you, it's going to require courage and boldness. If you're here and you've never said a simple prayer to declare with your mouth what you believe in your heart, about the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you, would you be willing tonight to say that prayer, to pray with me right now and ask Jesus to come into your heart? What am I asking you to do? I'm asking you to respond to his invitation, come unto me. If that's you right now, Lift your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. Pray for me. If you want me to pray for you, to receive Jesus or pray with you so that you can walk out of this place and you can go to sleep tonight knowing securely that if God forbid you were to take your last breath, that you would be forever in the presence of Jesus in an instant. I don't know about you, I don't want, I would never want to gamble with my eternal destination. One more time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? One more time. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. One more time. Okay. Thank you. You can put those hands down. Stand up. We're going to pray this prayer, all of us together. Now listen, I know there's more that should have raised their hands, but you didn't. And honestly, the Holy Spirit is so awesome and loves you so much that if I had to, I could come and find you in the crowd. <laughs> but I won't. But I won't. God's mercy is unbelievable and amazing. Now, 
We're going to pray this prayer together. I want every one of us to pray this prayer from your heart. I want you to, I want you to just have confidence that God loves you so much that you're going to immediately experience something inside that you're going to know that you know that you know that something changed tonight. Are you listening to me? Yes. Let's say this prayer together. Father, Father I, believe I believe with all my heart, all my heart that Jesus, Jesus is the Son of God, that he died on the cross to pay for my sins. I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and he's alive and he hears my prayer. So Jesus, I ask you right now, come into my heart, come into my life, fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can become a child of God. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for making me a child of God. I can declare right now, I am saved. I am born again. I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One more thing before we go. I want every one of us to lift one hand up to God. And I want you to pray this with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I turn all my anxiety, all of my stress, all of my worries, all of my concerns, I put them in your hands. I come unto you. I'm labored. I'm heavy. I'm burdened. But in the name of Jesus, I leave them at your feet so that now I can declare, I have peace. I have calm. I have stability in my life because of you. Thank you for giving me rest for my soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.